This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hi, Kitty.、Right, hey, how are you? Good. How's it going? Oh, that was like seamless. All right, let me, I, I haven't said hi to anyone, so let me just say a quick hi and then we can get started.、Um, so, hi guys,、um, thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning. I hope you guys have been having a good weekend. This is Nutrition with Judy, and I'm being joined by Grassfit Girl.、Uh, we are going to discuss all things thyroid and just hear her story about her hypo、uh, functioning thyroid and then just how she, her journey and how she sort of. Healed、um, all of that stuff. So let me actually、um, turn it over to her right now so she could share her story for those that don't know her. Thanks so much for having me, Judy. I'm excited to I know. talk to you and you know, anyone who is struggling with Hashimoto's. It's been a long journey for me and、um, it's never really over when you have、uh, an, a chronic illness or whatever you want to call it.、Um, So, I first got diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2000. I can't remember if it's 2009 or 2010, somewhere around there, about the end of 2009 or early 2010. I was, I was,、um, so at that time, I was eating pretty much vegetarian diet. I ate a little bit of fish, kind of like you.、Okay. And then、uh, I was a personal trainer at that time. I was in.、Uh, California, and I was a personal trainer, and I was running a lot of marathons. I had met some other trainer friends, and I was doing like half marathons, and at the same time as I was eating vegetarian. So I was putting my body through a lot of stress because I had a lot of clients at six o'clock in the morning. So every single day of the week, I had clients at not on Sunday, but pretty much every day, I had clients at six o'clock in the morning, which means you have to get up like at 4 30 in、right. order to get there. And I was drinking a whole pot of coffee, and like I could not even go there without a whole pot of coffee, or I would you know,、wow. take it with me in the mug. Or, and so I had to drink that. Then I would drink, I think I was drinking Diet Cokes pretty much all day long. So I was basically propping myself up with a lot of caffeine.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I was doing okay. I had actually lost a lot of weight before that. Through, and then that's why I was inspired to become a personal trainer. So 
uh, I had lost a lot of weight and then I was like, I want to become a personal trainer. So that was going great for a while for like a year or two. <clears throat> I was training people, maybe three, about three years. I was training people. I was working really hard. Uh, I was really busy. And then all of a sudden something started to go wrong. My joints started hurting. So I would do simple workout, like a bicep curl and mm -hmm. my elbow would hurt for like a month. <laughs> and I was like, this oh. is, this is really strange. Like why? And it wasn't even a heavy weight, you know, like 10 pounds or something. And it was like, this is strange. Or if I did push-ups or planks or you know, anything where I built, you know, bent my elbow. And I was like, that's weird. Why isn't it going away faster? So my recovery time was increasing <laughs> to like a month, a month. So I was like, that's weird. And then it started seeming like everything I was eating was making me feel terrible. It was like I had rashes and I was bloated all the time. Right. And I never really had digestive problems. So, I mean, these were just little clues that something was wrong. Um, I was suffering from a lot of urinary tract infections. I mean, I always had those, but it seemed like it was worse. And then, so I was always taking antibiotics, of course. <laughs> and then <clears throat> also the biggest thing was this new thing was this fatigue that was unbearable. Like I could not even get out of bed. And as soon as I got to the gym mm -hmm. and I was standing there with my client, I would have to hold on to something. I would have to hold on to the wall or to the, to a bench or, which you don't want to sit down when your clients are working right. out. You want to like, look like you have some energy. Like you can't just sit there and, be like, okay, now do some more, <laughs> you know, you have to look kind of like you're into it, you know, so, but I was seriously could not stand up. I mean, it was that bad. Um, and I was always, I mean, I never had health problems, really. I just, even when I was really overweight, I didn't have health problems. I was just mm -hmm. overweight, you know, I mean, not that I could tell, you know, and then all of a sudden with that fatigue, I mean, I was sleeping Eight, 18 hours a day. I mean, as much as I possibly could. The moment I get home from work, I just have to lay down again for man, you know, and that in you have this afternoon break. So you take a, a nap there. And it was like, I could barely get up to do the next because I had to get up and go back to work to have the night clients, you know. Sure. So it was it was just becoming like a big problem. And I didn't know what to do. So I had actually run into a girl that was a naturopathic physician and we, she worked across the street from the gym where I was. And, uh, I got some thyroid tests done. I went to a regular doctor and they were like, well, you're just getting older. You're, you're like 31 or 32 or something. And they said, just accept it, you know, maybe change your birth control pills or something like that. And right. I was like, uh, I don't know. This doesn't seem, this seems beyond just aging, you know, and they, of course they didn't have any answers for me, but I got them to run some thyroid tests. So I took the thyroid test that I got there over to the, my friend that was a naturopathic doctor and she looked at them and immediately she said, Oh, you need thyroid medication. And she actually had the natural desiccated thyroid there in California. They can prescribe it. So it was the, the nature throid. And that was the very first thing that I got onto. And 
which a lot of people can never get because their doctors won't give it to them. So I was really lucky and that's a mix of T3 and T4. So a lot of people feel really good when they take that. And within two weeks, I mean, I was a whole new person. I just, wow. I mean, I needed that so much. I mean, and we can talk about it more. There was, of course, there's sure. adrenal aspects there, um, which I learned more about as I went along. But, and I mean, maybe if I did it now, yes. <laughs> Jordan said, I had a doctor refuse to give me a natural thyroid. Yes, that's, that's the case a lot. Uh, so, but in California, they're a little more, sometimes, depending on where you go, a little more open. So she gave it to me, and, I mean, the change was night and day. And so I started taking that, and, you know, it's funny because I was actually, had already started nutrition school at that time. And so I think the stress of adding that on to my already right. booked schedule was just, like, maybe the, the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. And then... So I got the medication, I started feeling better, but then I was learning in school a lot of things that were going along. And one of the first books I read was the 21st Century Syndrome. I don't know if you read that at your school, Judy. No. <laughs> um, he's a chiropractor, kind of, I mean, we oh, would okay. say he was a functional medicine chiropractor now, but that book's really old, so I don't think they called it that back then. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> it's a really famous book and he has so much stuff in there about adrenal fatigue and it really opened my eyes to what I was doing in my everyday life that was changing, that was making me so messed up, you know? Um, it's, I think it talks about nutrition, but maybe not in depth. It's more about the lifestyle factors and, you know, he has some adrenal fatigue tests that you can do at home, like shining a, flashlight in your eyes or something like that. Oh, yeah, we, we've learned that. We've learned that. Yeah. So is that is that book about sort of like your signs and symptoms and then what it could possibly be? Is that is it that kind of book? Um, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's, I guess a little, but you, you, it's more like you can do things at home to help yourself to get better. Gotcha. And one okay. of the biggest things he said was sleeping in. You know, sleeping in, which is so simple, but, yeah. you know, you can't get better doing the same thing you were doing. So I, I realized that I needed to change my whole um, lifestyle routine. <clears throat> and so I cut, I cut the night clients so that I could, because I think going to work twice a day was really, really hard on me. So I cut the night clients first. And so I just go to work from like six to 12 or something like that, you know, and then just be done. So because getting yourself back up is just too hard. So that was the first thing I did. And then I realized like, this isn't sustainable for me with my health. So I started to try to figure out a way to work from home. And um, I picked up maybe a few more clients closer to home so that I could just kind of work out with them like walking like a block or two. I mean, in San Francisco, people are, there's people on top of people. So you can always find people close to you. Um, <clears throat> so that helped. And, and then I realized that I had to start working from home altogether. So within about, I think about two years from that time, I was able to transition into working from home. 
100%. And so, because I started my blog and then. And you finished school, right? Yeah, I finished school. That was a two-year program at Bowman College in Berkeley. And uh, I finished school and I thought I wanted to work with clients, but I think my health was still so jacked up that I really couldn't help other people, not on a one-to-one basis. I was better off helping them in a macro level of like, this is information I'm learning. So I want to tell, help you to learn it too. And so, so eventually I was able to sleep in and I think that made the biggest difference in my health. I mean, of course, I, I, during that time I started going paleo, I started cutting out all the gluten, all the grains. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I gained about 30 pounds <laughs> during that time. I was kind of after, like, after being kind of diagnosed or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And, um, or, you know, maybe around, you know, right before that or, um, you sure. can, with, with Hashimoto's, you can gain 10 pounds overnight. I mean, it's like okay. your whole body is crazy. And, uh, many people have told me that that happened to them too. And then, but I just kind of had to accept it and try to just eat really kind of a refeed of just really good food. And I started learning all about Weston A. Price and eating liver and, um, you know, different organ meats. And, you know, San Francisco is such a great place for the, all the farmer's markets. So you can get all this stuff. And I was going shopping and, um, and I was learning about all the different things you can make bone broth and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, eating sardines. And I, you know, I think that with changing my job to where I could work from home was the biggest thing that, and, and taking the thyroid medication. And I never was like, Oh, I want to get off my thyroid medication. Cause I think so many people are like, I have to get off my thyroid medication. Like mm-hmm. the thing about Hashimoto's is that it damages the, the gland so much to where it can't create the amount of thyroid hormone it needs to oh. push your body. <clears throat> and that runs your whole thyroid, your, your whole metabolism. So yeah, I think that, you know, that is not really the goal, not for me anyway, because I figured if I, the way I felt was so drastically different on it. that I was like, I, and I've tried to go off of it for just like six weeks or something. And all, and those aches and pains, all that stuff comes back and the tiredness. And like one time I went on a trip for a month and I was, it was going to be to be like a beachy hot place. And I was like, I'm just going to take, go off my medication for a month. Right. When I came back, like I was, I was okay, like, because I was distracted and stuff. But then when I got mm-hmm. back, it was maybe another week or so. And, like, my husband had to drive me down to the pharmacy. Like, I could not – I had so – my energy had dropped so much. Wow. That I, I couldn't – I was like, will you please just drive me down there and, and I can walk in? And Because I was like, I don't think I can even drive downtown to get my medication, you know. So, um, so I mean, people want to beat themselves up about it. It's like – just take so, it if you if you need it, you know. Sure. So are you still taking the medication now then? Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. 
And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Yeah, I do take it now. Um, I'm on one called NP Thyroid. It's by okay. Acela. And that one is seems to be really good. I mean, my doctor, since I go to a nurse practitioner here in Nashville that I like, and they're very holistically oriented. And they, she actually has dropped my dose since I've been on carnivore. So, okay. Oh, yeah, I think I've, I've seen you post something about that, or maybe it was in your stories, but I do remember you mentioning that you lessened it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm due for another test. I had one not too long ago from Everly Well. I oh, did okay. one at home, and uh, I need to do one again, but I just, like this past month, I, <clears throat> I kind of got, I, I wasn't taking my dose right, Mm -hmm. like it I got a new box of pills or whatever and it said <clears throat> a little frog in my throat it said two take two per day okay but since they were new like I didn't I didn't read it because I've always just taken one. Oh, okay and so so I was like oh so like at the end of 30 days I realized oh I should have been taking two of these the whole month and I was like oh crap so I really don't want to, I want don't want to do a thyroid test until I have a whole month of taking it correctly. <laughs> so how did you feel during that month that you were taking, I guess, like half the dosage? I mean, I'm not somebody who feels it right away. Like I've talked oh, to some okay. people yeah, who, I mean, I still had some, you know, I guess it was mm -hmm. half as much or whatever, but I, I've talked to some people who, if they don't take it at the same time, every single day, they can oh, feel, feel messed up i i'm not one of those people like i'll feel it like i said after about a month of sure i'll start to feel it but like if i miss one day here and there or something i'm i'm okay but um some people have told me they get messed up just even an hour difference so. oh wow okay and i mean that's a, some people are asking what you're taking again like they want you to repeat the name of your um your thyroid medication i think it's i'm pretty sure it's called np thyroid and it's by some company called Acella, A-C-E-L-L-A. And I mean, it's not easy to find either. I mean, it's a prescription and everything. You're not gonna just walk into Walgreens and be able to get it. I mean, I actually did get it at Walgreens, but that was a, a prescription. Some people won't be able to find that. Like um, uh, sometimes in certain parts of the city, they say, we're out of it. And you know, you have to sure. go somewhere else. And um, so, um, so when you were when you started feeling fatigue, I'm just gonna kind of go back in your story a little bit. Like, at what point did you did you feel like you know something's wrong? I'm getting enough rest. I feel that I'm eating a decent, you know, kind of plate of food. At what point did you go to the hospital or doctor? And then did you ask specifically for thyroid tests, or did you just say, you know, doctor, I'm feeling this? And then sort of what 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 was that process? Like, what led me to to go to the doctor? Well, I mean, when you went and then how, sort of how did they diagnose you? I'm just, um, I guess I'm asking these questions so that um, when some of the people that are listening, when they go, maybe they say the right thing so that they could get the right test, um, t you know, um, done on them so that they can make sure that they're not being misdiagnosed by their doctors for, you know, symptoms they may be having. That makes sense. 
Uh, well, you're not, they're probably not going to do the right tests because you have to be very, you have to advocate really strongly for yourself. And I mean, so they're not going to, you have to know ahead of time. So you can Google like which test. I mean, I have an article about that on my blog. It, um, there's like five things your doctor won't tell you about your thyroid. You can Google that and grass fed girl and you can find that. Um, but there's, if you just look up functional medicine tests for thyroid, they're, you know, like Dr. Amy Myers, there's a lot of people that have articles about which tests to ask for. It's really easy. So just print that out before you go and then you can make sure you have them all. And then what I would say is say, you know, I have people, a lot of people in my family have thyroid problems and, you know, say, I really want to get this full panel, um, which is, but for most people, that's one. 1000% true, you know, I mean, it is for me, my dad also has a thyroid problem. And I mean, if you just ask around in your family, which of course, nobody told me beforehand. Yeah. Um, but if you ask around in your family, I bet everybody, I bet 50% of them, especially if they're older, are on thyroid medication. But the thing is, it's the attitude of the doctor, they don't, they just tell you, oh, you just take this, that's it, you know, right. And so I mean, I bet you ask your aunts or your uncles and they all are on thyroid medication. They probably don't even know why or anything. You know, they're just like, oh, whatever. You know, just said take this every day. You know, they don't realize that it's probably most likely an autoimmune issue right. and the the constellation of other things that go with it. You know. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, and so it sounds like basically what has sort of helped you in your journey is um, a lot of the thyroid medication and then. Um, you know, changing your lifestyle. So less, like less stressful work during the day and then at night and then even uh, finishing school and then, you know, eating a more healthy diet. So I know that recently, or it, I guess it's not even been recent, but now like eight months into your carnivore transition, um, it seems like you've even healed more of, um, from just your diet. Um, can you speak to sort of that whole like transition from paleo to keto to carnivore and why, um, going to carnivore you believe has um helped your thyroid function better or your energy at least well i don't know that uh so i do think i'm healing more because you know i lost about 20 pounds on carnivore that i could never lose on keto or paleo um, even though i was eating really really well like i said all those organ meats and pastured eggs and seafood and um, and I was eating, you know, leafy greens, everything, you know, that I was taught that was right. going to help my thyroid. Uh, but then as soon as I started carnivore, I mean, within the first month, I dropped 10 pounds. And, you know, I think that was all inflammation, all water weight. Uh, and my skin changed. Like, I mean, I've always had good skin. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I didn't have like a lot of acne or something. I mean, every kid has a little, but uh, I've always had better than average skin, I guess, but it even got better, like mm -hmm. more shiny and full, or I don't know what you say, but um, people have told me like a lot. And um, so that was, I mean, to me, that's a sign of overall health, like yes. uh, that and I mean, my energy is, I would say it's, it's bad when, like, it was so bad when I first got sick mm -hmm. that 
I feel like you're never going to be the same again. You're, you're never going to be the, the person you were when you were 18 or, I mean, and, and also there's a strike difference between when I was, um, when I wasn't, when I didn't have this problem and then when I got it. So I just don't think you're ever going to be like 1000% perfect again, as far as your energy. And of course, I mean, I am older than I was, but I think the biggest thing is, and I will, I mean, I want to tell the truth. Like when I eat carbs, I, especially, I mean, paleo type carbs, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about bread or something like that, but I'm talking about paleo-ish carbs, like fruit and sweet potatoes and stuff like that. I mean, I would say I probably have a little bit more energy. Okay. But, you know, do I want to be 20 pounds heavier? No, thanks. You know? So, I mean, I have, I have, um, I like, as far as for working out, like my day-to-day -day energy is, is good. Like if I sleep good, like last night I stayed until midnight. Like I can't, I can't blame my diet for that. You know, that's me. That's my fault. Sure. You know? So it's like, what, you know, I know that if I go to bed at 10 or 1030, I feel a thousand times better than when I go to bed at midnight, you know? So sure. it's like, I know that I should have done better, but you know, I was like going down a rabbit hole or something. And, you know, so, but the biggest thing is for, for, for just pure exercise and stuff, I'd say mm -hmm. I probably have a little bit more energy when I do like paleo with carbs and stuff, but it didn't matter how much I exercised, I could never lose weight. So what's the difference? You know, what's the point? Right. Like maybe I have, you know, as, but specifically for exercise is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you, you have something like that little pump of, of, of energy with sure, sure. the carbs, sure. but the overall energy throughout the day, that kind of thing is, mm -hmm. is excellent. And my sleep is really, really good on carnivore. I mean, better than I, I think it's ever been. The the sleep is just, it's like you do not move at all during the night. I mean, I, I don't wear one of those ring thingies or whatever, but I right. bet if I did, it would be like, well, however it's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and once I'm asleep, I am just dead asleep and I don't move. And I mean, it's just, so that part is really, really good. And, and so um, do you feel refreshed <laughs> when you wake up? Because earlier you were saying that you slept 18 hours or, you know, when you're, I mean, I, when it was bad. Um, so, I mean, do you notice that you sleep, I guess a little bit less than when you used to sleep on paleo or keto? Um, and then do you feel more rested? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I feel a lot more rested when I wake <laughs> up and then I hate to, like, I, one thing I do, I love to nap and I'm almost like, I love to nap, but what sucks on carnivore, you, you can't. Have you ever heard people say that? Um, I, like, you know, I, I never hear about napping on carnivore. So maybe it's because people don't, um, I don't personally nap. Um, I think when I used to eat carbs more, there were times where I could nap, but you're right. I don't really nap. And so I just go, yeah. um, I personally sleep a little bit less and you're right. Like I feel much more rested on carnivore than uh, yeah, I feel like I, when I fall asleep, I'm out and then I just don't wake up until when I wake up and then I'm ready to go again. So like I, if I, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning or something now, it used to be, I could only, I would have to take a nap after okay. I did that. But now if I wake up at five o'clock in the morning, I could stay up the whole entire day. Yeah. 
uh, and it's fine. Like I'll, I'll, I might feel a little tired in the morning, but then I'll get over it and I'll just yeah. be like back to, I could just keep going. Like the tiredness sure. wears off in the morning and then I just keep going all day and I forget about it. You know, it's like, but it used to be, I would ha I could stay up maybe three hours and then I would have a nap and then, then I feel better. I mean, every once in a while I'll nap, but not, not I mean, consistently. It, yeah. It's like you're too, you have too much energy. You're like, no way I can't nap. I just, yeah. you just think, well, I'll just, I'll just do something. Like I'll take a walk or something and then I'll feel, then I'll, whatever tiredness goes away. And sometimes like I'll drink, I can drink like iced tea or green tea sometimes. Sure. Um, but I don't, I don't drink coffee anymore because of my adrenal right. meltdown and everything. So I can, it seems like I can tolerate a little bit of tea, but not, not coffee. It's just, it's too hard. It's too, like, I'll get this big spike and up and down of energy and coffee, real coffee. I can drink decaf, but I don't drink real coffee anymore. I think if you are struggling with these kind of issues, you really should try to get off of it or moderate it or something. Cause it really affects you even if you don't realize it. Yeah. I, um, when I was doing the function evaluation at school, um, it was confirmed that uh, I have like a little bit of adrenal fatigue. And so, and I mean, it makes sense. Like I have two young boys under five and um, you know, I'm doing this whole, you know, nutrition with Judy and then also going to school full time. And so um, I noticed, and so that was the one thing I decided to cut out was coffee. And so um, one of the biggest signs of adrenal fatigue is when you're sitting down and then you just get up immediately and you feel slightly dizzy. Um, that's one of the indications of adrenal fatigue and that other test that you talked about the light shining in your eyes and the pupil dilation um, and so I cut out coffee and then I noticed initially my energy dipped um, and then I felt really sluggish I had like muscle aches and all this stuff but now like my energy's as soon as I wake up I don't have that oh like I'm dragging my feet I need to get my cup of coffee now I'm just kind of up it's not this high energy like yes let's go but it's you know it's it's consistent and it's good and then um i i feel much less anxiety without coffee and then also same thing like i don't feel as dizzy standing up unless i'm like maybe electrolyte imbalance but normally it's not that but um, that's a whole other thing yeah <laughs> so uh so yes i think uh, i totally am there with you with the coffee I've, I'm, I've been trying not to drink any caffeine but um i mean yeah in general i do love tea myself but i haven't been drinking it either but i should try that and see how it goes but no, uh, i like a big iced tea in the summertime it's so yeah. hot you know <laughs> i think i think it's a yeah i think it's a southern thing too though because it's huge here too i didn't grow up drinking like sweet tea or anything so i'm not used to it but um yeah I could totally see that. Um, my next question I had for you actually was, um, so, you know, based on your story, uh, what would be your tips for people that um, feel that they have, you know, low, low energy that they may feel or, or that they may think that they have low functioning thyroid, you know, what are, what are your, or, you know, that they have been diagnosed with um, hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. Is there, um, do you have any tips for them to sort of, you know, from everything you've gleaned from your experience, like, what would be like your best tips to guide them to through this, you know, and I know everyone's story will be different, but just from your perspective, like what, what would you recommend for them? I mean, you have to, I mean, I think you have to keep testing your thyroid pretty often, like every three months or so. I mean, you can, and, and don't wait. This is one thing I meant to say before. Don't wait for your doctor to tell you it's okay 
Like you just order your test at home. I mean, Direct Labs has the test. You can order them online. It's about $150. You can do Everly well. Like I said, that's a test you can do at home. Um, you don't have to get permission anymore. This is not, you know, communism or something like this is just, just do it yourself. You know, um, I do it all the time. I mean, I have a doctor now that works with me and stuff, but uh, sometimes I just like to have them. So I know, uh, or if I'm between doctors or something, then I just do that. Uh, so, you know, I think as women too, we're always like told, like, we have to wait for we get permission for this or that. And it's like, no, and your doctor is not like a policeman, like, do, yeah. do it for yourself, you know. Um, so that's a big thing. I mean, just being assertive enough to say like, this is what I need, I'm going to get it, I'm going to do it. And yeah, I think, and I mean, that that book, a lot of that 21st century syndrome, I really think that's like required reading for everyone, because he talks a lot about the, the, the stressors from other people in your life, and how some people, you know, maybe they left a partner that was bad for them, or the job, or the commute, or, you know, they had, they changed a big thing in their life, and that helped with their healing. Um, so, you know, it's not just the food, it's not just the, um, it's not just, because everybody thinks, oh, I'll just eat better, I'll just eat less, or I'll just, um, and it's not always that, it's, it can be, and it, also the toxins around your home, that was a big thing I cleaned up um, I changed all my makeup, I changed all my toothpaste, I changed my cleaning products uh, to everything to be non-toxic. And, um, and I mean, I sell those over on my website if anybody's interested. But um, that was a big thing I had to change and a big learning curve too. So you can't be putting, because that stuff all disrupts your hormones. They're all endocrine disruptors. They have, um, they're basically all cosmetics and perfumes and well, it's all made out of petroleum. So you're basically just putting like uh, gasoline, you know, on your body. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense, you know, especially if we want to prevent uh, hormone problems like PCOS and, um, you know, infertility and uh, all the, I mean, that's just a huge piece of it. If you're putting, I think the average woman puts 50 products or something on themselves every single day. I mean, that's insane. And, you know, if you smell like a Macy's counter when you're walking out of your house, like you're gonna, first of all, make me like pearl, but um, you're gonna mess up your hormones really big too. So. Yeah, and um, it's also, I guess, the reason why I think skincare products are a bit, um, like a bigger deal in a sense is because it doesn't have to go through your digestive system. So you don't have all those like protective barriers that are going through the whole digestive system to kind of clean out and filter some of those toxins. So it goes st straight through your skin and you do have certain uh, ways to detox, but it's not, I don't think it's as strong as the whole digestive system. So that's, you know, another thing it's going directly into your skin. So yeah, I mean, and why, why make your body do more work when it's already trying to recover from all the other stuff that we've already Put it right, right. So I guess what I'm hearing from you then is um, in order to really heal and, um, you know, make these changes for your um, to improve your thyroid function functioning, it's, um, it's a blend of everything, right? It's like good diet, 
lifestyle, skin, um, skin care, like toxins around your home, as well as, um, you know, and um, supplementation um, or medication. Um, and I'm also hearing from you, if I'm wrong, and obviously, please correct me, but um, there's no one specific, um, I guess, lever that may help you more. Is that I mean, obviously, the medication, I think, is sort of the foundation for, for you. But um, in terms of the other, like the lifestyle, the food, the maybe exercise, sleep and all that stuff, it, was there anything that was a, you know, a bigger push for you that helped improve you? I mean, I think I don't think I would have recovered. I mean, or, or got back to like functioning at all. I mean, I know a lot of people. Hashimoto's is one of the leading causes of disability for people oh. who can't even return to work. So, okay. I mean, some people are bedridden from it or, you know, then they get and, and autoimmune diseases go in, in clusters. So that was the biggest scary thing to me and why I was so determined to get off the gluten and get off the grains and get rid of the vegetable oils and get off the sugar because I didn't want to go a year or two and have um, lupus or MS or, I mean, not, I mean, yeah, that could still happen, but I figured I would want to do everything I could to not get diagnosed. Most people, if you talk to them, they have three or four autoimmune diseases. Like, as far as I know, I only have one right now. So I don't want to, that, that was very motivating to me. Hearing that information um, was just like, okay, well, this is for real. And I don't want to, because you're kind of opening that door. And sure. I wanted to... <laughs> push it shut as best I could. So, um, and that's why I don't get when people don't take it seriously when, you know, I mean, my stepdad has, has it, has MS and, you know, that scared me. Like when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's for real. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, you know, my dad, my my real dad has had a lot of struggles with his health. And so that was kind of a wake up call for me uh, with he has, you know, had gastric bypass and stuff like that. So I was just like, I don't want to be and I know that if I didn't eat this way, I would be 300 pounds. I know it. I mean, even though my I'm not like a stick skinny person. I don't, I don't even care. But the problem is that, like, I know that if I ate a standard American diet, I would be 300 pounds or more, you know, because that's just, it's in my, you know, that's in my family. Genetics, yeah. So, so what does it, what does a day of um, eating look like for you now? So since I started carnivore, which was eight months ago, and well, I guess maybe nine months, I don't know, it goes so fast. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> the uh, so what, I started October first of two thousand eighteen, and uh, now I mean a day of eating is like I just like I wanted to. I'm really not a big into fasting ever since all my adrenal <laughs> problems and all my problems with uh, binge eating and dieting. Um, from way back. So whenever I hear about fasting, like my whole, like, I just have like a freak out. So I, um, if it happens naturally, then great, you know? Sure. Um, and I, I tend to kind of eat a little earlier dinner and then I, and I tend to eat about 10 or 11, sometimes 12. It just depends on what I'm, what I'm doing. If, okay. 
Um, but I definitely don't wake up hungry. <laughs> that's for sure. Like I don't wake up at six in the morning. I'm like, I want to eat. Like, no, I, I mean, I eat my coffee with, I put like one tablespoon of ghee in my coffee in the morning and I put gelatin and I put it in the blender and I put a tiny bit of vanilla extract and oh, maybe some nutmeg essential oil. That's really good for your adrenals oh, and okay. thyroid. And, uh, and I'll buzz that up and make it like really frothy. And then, uh, so I drink that and then a, maybe an hour or two later, I will start thinking about some food and I might eat some, it just depends. Usually I'll eat one steak a day. Basically, I could of course eat two, but that, you know, ribeyes are expensive or whatever. So, um, so I'll eat usually either one meal is like ground beef. So one meal will be ground beef, maybe some eggs, and then the other meal will be ribeye or another type of steak or something like that. Um, we, re we just got a whole cow in our freezer. So I've been trying to do stuff with that. Oh, that's awesome. Trying to use, use that up. Um, so we had some T-bone steaks the other night and uh, there's a lot of roasts and stuff. So I'm gonna have to get creative about what I'm gonna do with that. Cause you get tired of eating. Is this a grass fed cow? So it's pretty lean and yeah. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just put, if it's lean meat, I'll just put some ghee on it because I just cannot eat a really lean meat. So it's yeah, like, when I eat too lean of meat, I get hungry pretty quickly. I don't know if, okay. So yeah, and it's I, just I've done that. But like last night I, I ate some, it was some pretty lean meat from that cow and I had put it in the slow cooker mm -hmm. and I put a bunch of uh, ghee on it, but well, not a bunch, but like maybe one or two tablespoons. Mm -hmm. And then like an hour later, I was like, uh, and there was some like connective tissue and stuff because it, I had cooked it in the Instapot on the bone. Okay. So I had some like, you know, gooey parts and stuff. <laughs> But, um, but then I was like, well, I didn't get, I feel like I didn't get enough fat or something. So I had a couple of pastured eggs after that. So that was, then I was full. <laughs> um, and I really don't like, I, I've lost my taste for chicken. Like I'll yeah. eat one, like the other day I went with a friend to Whole Foods and we ate a rotisserie chicken. They had an organic rotisserie chicken that was just like the salt and pepper. And I ate that with her off the hot bar, but they had, um, and they had a, they had some organic Valley butter. So I wrapped the dry pieces of the chicken <laughs> and the butter like a little roll. I, I've done that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't just choke this down. I'm gonna throw yeah. up if I, I mean, it was hot and stuff. So I kind of, it was yeah. good. I mean, it's actually better than I thought it would be. And so, I mean, if you're at Whole Foods, there's not much and I get like Whole Foods is cold in there and I just can't eat like cold, cold cuts or something when it's, um, our Whole Foods has a barbecue center. I don't know if yours does too, but they they have different cuts of meat there too. You then. know, Judy, that Whole Foods started there in Austin, and I think they have the best one there. No, we do not have that. We have like the crappiest. Oh, okay. Um, the the hot actually the one that's it's closer. I mean, there's two here, and one they're both in, of course, the fancy areas of town. Okay. But the um. The one that's in Green Hills has um, brisket on the buffet. Uh, 
So oh, okay. if you get there a certain, and it doesn't have any crazy stuff in it. So if you get there a certain time before all the like construction workers and stuff, they like clean it out. But if you get there, you can get that. And it's really, and it's really cheap. I mean, it's only like seven ninety nine a pound. Oh, right. So, oh, that's true. So I like to get that. That's really good. But they don't have that at the, the other one where I was that day. Oh, so. gotcha. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you basically eat two meals a day. Do you snack at all? Um... Not really. I mean, it, no, that it comes back to the stress and the adrenals. Like if I'm really doing something hard or stressful and mm -hmm. I feel like that I want to eat more then I will, because I feel like if I don't, then I'm going to maybe eat something that's really not sure, sure. on plan. So I'm like, I think, well, it's better to eat, you know, three or four eggs as a snack or right. something rather than eating a chocolate bar or something like that. I mean, so that's how I look at it. And if I am craving something, I just know, like, I just eat more. So I just eat another hamburger patty or something like that. I mean, that's the way I deal with it. But if, because I know if I'm hungry, I'm just gonna start thinking about, usually it's chocolate or something. I mean, I don't crave that normally, but I'm just saying if I do, then I know that I probably didn't get enough of something or and probably it was not enough sleep or something, but right, right. I'm not gonna like for a while I was taking a class for like two weeks. So I was commuting across town and then like those days I would sometimes I would just stop at McDonald's and get some egg rounds or something, even though I wasn't really hungry, but it was just mm -hmm. like, I was so stressed out from driving and, and all that stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to eat another meal and I don't care. You know? Yeah. I noticed that the days that I sleep a little less, um, and I feel that I can't, um, my stress level becomes higher naturally. And, uh, you know, I think it's the hormones um, and the cortisol release and all that stuff. But I noticed that I tend to want to eat more too. So I, I think it's something that's pretty common. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, some of the days that I'm stressed or lack of sleep, then I, uh, I, I notice I keep going into the kitchen. Not necessarily I have cravings, but I don't feel as satiated. So then those days I tend to eat a little bit more meat. And it's it fine. seems like sometimes... I mean, you would, you would break your fast earlier when you were, you were doing your, now are you doing two meals now? Yeah. So I'm trying. So, I mean, it's been, um, it's been a big experiment. Um, so I don't know for those that have been following me or not, but I did OMAD for like one meal a day for nine, 10 months. Um, but it, uh, a few things like I, I noticed that my glucose went in the morning when I would check it, it it increased. So um, I always hovered around 80s, 70s in keto. And then um, once I hit OMAD, I, I didn't check it that frequently. But the few times I did, sometimes my glucose was almost 100. And so that was one thing that was starting to concern me. Sometimes my energy would dip. And then um, I, you know, I, I, I conditioned myself to eat a lot in one serving. Um, and, but I would then feel the dip in energy after, um, a lot of times. So I would feel really, really sleepy. Um, it wasn't all the time cause then I would obviously have changed it. Um, and then, uh, what was the other thing? Um, yeah, it was just overall energy. And then, oh, I, I noticed I was starting to gain a little bit of weight. I mean, it wasn't significant, but I could tell. Right. And so, um, those things, and then as I started researching, I realized, oh, you know, maybe OMAD isn't the best thing. Um, uh, maybe it's better for our digestive system to, you know, have two separate meals a day and then, um, you know, portion out the calories in that sense, um, or, um, and not like 
inundate your body with like 2000 3000 calories and give your body sort of a shock and so at least for me i realized omad is probably not going to work um and so i've been trying to incorporate a little bit of more extended fasting so sort of heal and really to stop the whole omad cycle so like i'm so used to now eating like 2500 calories or however i don't even know how many calories it is so i'm just saying that but uh, whatever large amount of calories I was consuming, I'm trying to retrain my body so that I can have two like normal sized meals in a day and then be okay with that. But I'm still adjusting to it. So I'll have sometimes a really large lunch and then I'll try to eat like a small-ish dinner, but it's not always working out. Like some days I still do OMAD, some days I do TUMAD, some days then I kind of fast and that, yeah. Um, and then sometimes I fast to try to, um, you know, heal sort of my whatever is going on with my digestion. So I'm my goal is to man and then see how I feel and then, you know, do some blood testing and see like where my glucose is in the morning to see like, is it all, you know, and where my energy is too. So not just my blood, but also how I feel and then kind of go with that. But, um, so are you, what time are you testing it right after you get up or what? Yeah. So, um, that's always been my, I know there's some people that say don't measure right when you wake up because of the, um, I forgot what it's called the morning, you know, the, the, dawn the phenomenon. Of, yeah, the, there you go. The dawn phenomenon where your cortisol is the highest in the morning, but, um, I've always measured at the morning. And so that's sort of my baseline. And so I just check during that time, but it's as soon as, uh, within like the 30 minute window, I wake up, I try to check it. Have you tested it like later in the day, like when after you like a couple hours after you eat or something? So I have only um, I used to when I was on keto and then I think it was probably just maybe 20 points higher from when I ate, which is good, right? It's not too bad. But um, on carnivore, when I was doing OMAD, I would check it and sometimes it would be above 100. And so that's what I'm saying. And it was I was strictly eating meat like beef and maybe butter, maybe yeah. eggs. Like there yeah. was no, no carbs. I mean, I don't well, even drink caffeine I mean, now. And so. Dr. Sean Baker said his is 120. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, but he's a lot more different than I am. Like, so, and I, I don't know where his baseline was before. I think he used to be um, type 2 diabetic or pre-diabetes. I forgot. I, I read a story a long time ago. I forget. But um, it really depends on where your baseline was before. So for me on keto and prior to that I was 70, 80s. And the fact that it's increasing was the concern for me. And, you know, it might, um, maybe I'm eating too much protein for my, what my body needs. And maybe that's why I'm getting tired. I don't, I don't know. And so I'm tinkering. I'm also tinkering with potentially eating a little less protein and upping the fat. Whereas before I was like, whether it was a T-bone or ribeye or whatever, like I was just cooking it as is and then just eating that and not really adding much fat to it. So that could also be it. So, I mean, right now I'm sort of in this test phase and just trying to figure out what will make me feel better and then not, and not just the blood um, glucose levels. So. Yeah. I mean, that was one of our questions that we somebody. Oh yeah. Had. So we can, um, we have a few minutes left. Maybe we could try to get into some of the questions. Um, do you, um, I have them here. Okay. I mean, do you want to ask one of the questions? I don't know. We have a few, so. You can. Uh, so somebody said, check your thyroid. How do you check your thyroid at home? I mean, I kind of already covered that because I was talking about how you can order it from, there's several different places now that have those. So like at Really Well or Direct Labs, 
Um, I wouldn't try to just go on. I mean, your symptoms are really important. You can Google a huge list of symptoms. So you want to do, um, you know, your eyebrows are going to be falling out. You're sleeping, you're sleepy all the time. Your joint pain, your digestive problems, rashes, uh, uh, sudden un unexplained weight, weight gain. I mean, there's so many symptoms. You can Google all the symptoms of low thyroid, uh, but you can always take those tests at, at home or at a lab, you just take the requisition form to the lab and then you can be, if your doctor won't do the test, you can take that test and then say, um, this is, I already got these done. So what do you think now? You know, and then if, if you don't like what they say, just go to another one, another doctor. I mean, you're the client, you're not the, um, when somebody said you have chronic low stomach acid, I mean, I'd say that's more of a stress issue uh, well, it could also be their diet. Um, so if they were coming from a standard American diet, yes. So there's so many, and I, I, I'm going through this whole gut healing series right now on my Instagram, but, um, it, it, it's so many reasons why you can have low stomach acid. It could be poor diet and a, a stress, stress is a huge one. Um, but so is diet. Um, and so it, it really depends. Like, I think it could it's be like, like H. pylori. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. And uh, so I really think it depends. Um, what was your question? It was specifically like they've, had, they've tried to attain HCL and it didn't work. And sure. So like I mean, stomach acid. it could also be it depends. I think um, it could be digestive enzymes because um, the whole digestive system, there's so many different um, facets to it and so many different components. Um, Obviously, betaine HCL is one part where it's the stomach acid, and that's where some of your food is digested. But then you're, you, there's also, and in my last post, I talk about it, but you also have salivary amylase just in your mouth, and that digests like carbohydrates or, you know, foods in your mouth, and that's a digestive enzyme. But there's digestive enzymes in several points of your body. So your low stomach acid can be from multiple things and it could it's a cascade of events so it really depends and you you would have to potentially work with someone to really uh pinpoint what exactly it is that's causing your low stomach acid and i mean the thing is with these questions we have no idea what they're eating now like yeah. if you're eating a lot of vegetables and stuff like try stopping that you know because i feel like i had a lot worse digestion when I wasn't eating vegetables. When I was eating tons of vegetables, yeah. I had way worse digestion. And also, I mean, like you said about the person might be eating on the run, you know, you have to sit down and rest and digest. You have to chew. I mean, these are like the basics. Yes. And that's why I think carnivore is also a perfect elimination diet because most people um, are not allergic to meat. I mean, obviously, some people have um, histamine intolerances. But if you get fresh cuts of meat, the chance of you having um, food sensitivities to beef is not too common. And so then you can create that as your baseline. So if you eat beef for just, I don't know, say like a few weeks, however you feel is sort of your baseline. And then from there, you can then incorporate certain foods and then see how you feel. And then that'll sort of tell you, okay, maybe my body doesn't like spinach or you know, whatever food you're trying to uh, reincorporate back. So um, that is something that you can also see too. And um, in, in general, I think you can digest um, beef well. Um, and you, I mean, you may just need a supplement with the low stomach acid. So again, I don't, I mean, it depends on the person. So. I know. Um, they gained weight on carnivore. Could be because my hormones are off balance. Yes. So, I mean, 
I can take a step to stab at that. So I obviously have gained a little bit of weight too. So I mean, again, so even obviously, for me, like, yeah, so yeah. obvious, Judy. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, yeah, so it is a uh, even for me as much as I just finished school and I'm like so into all of this nutrition stuff. Like I can't figure out exactly what is causing me to gain weight on um, carnivore as well. So I'm trying to pull different lover lovers. So with that thought in mind I think for this person too um it absolutely is related to hormones when you gain weight because I mean it's your hormones and insulin sensitivity that causes uh weight gain but it could also be factors that are pushing your hormones so it could be your stress the foods that you're taking your sleep um lifestyle things it could be toxins and again it's um the best way to really figure out and pinpoint what exactly it is it would be to work with someone I mean, I don't, I don't, if, if you have any input into that, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it would go back to, you know, what was, I mean, a lot of people say they gain weight when they first start carnivore, you know, it's almost like you're, you're reef, you're, you're, you've been nutrient depleted for so long, then you start eating real food. I mean, was somebody... The other day, I think even Michaela Peterson said she gained weight when she started carnivore or something. I mean, somebody uh, really, you know, a big carnivore person that, like, you got to give it, like, I mean, this is a, a healing journey. Like, two months, I'd say, you know, I was just starting to see the benefits of carnivore at two months. So, I mean, I think a year or something is a good yeah, no, I, I agree. So um, I think, um, well, what was her name? Um, um, Kelly, Kelly Hogan. She's been a carnivore for Maybe that was who o- was. over 10 years. And so she gained weight um, initially. And um, so there are a lot of people. And I think if you come from a lifestyle of under eating um, or, you know, all these things, then there are components. That, and, and if you are severely undernourished, then yes, your cells will likely hold on to a lot of um, the nutrient dense, um, stuff. And so then you could potentially gain weight. There's also, you know, there's a hormonal change when you eat different foods. And so there will be a long laundry list of why people gain weight. Um, and so I think, yes, if you are very early on in your journey of carnivore, do not stop it just because you gain weight. Like for me, it's a little different of a story. So I gained weight at the like after seven months. So like, that's why I was saying something's off for me. But I mean, I, I didn't think, get weight initially. I think also you have, I mean, you've just, you've just gone through this big program and everything. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this summer when you're a little more, you know, you have a little more free time or whatever that you go back to your, your normal or whatever, because I mean, I just think you're up, you're already, you were trying to start your business and then you're trying to do school and then like you're changing, you're changing from having a a big, you know, a big full-time job and now you're trying to do this. So, I mean, it's like a big transition phase. So it's like, just stay off the scale people and get a, get a life. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, I think we have maybe time for one question. I think it's going to cut us off. So maybe we should just, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think um, it's a hard stop at an hour. I think it cuts you okay. off. Sure. I mean, so then, Caitlin, do, um, where can people find you? And then what are you up to next? If you can just. Uh, well, I'm over Grass My Girl on Instagram. So just over next to Judy. and <laughs> Just scroll over a little bit. 
And, um, and I'm working on a carnivore ebook, just a, a beginner's ebook about how to get started and everything. Cause I just get the same questions over and over and I want to help people to not make the same mistakes I did and just get started on the right foot. And so that should be coming out soon. And uh, you can sign up for my list at grassfedlist.com. So you'll know when my book's coming out and um, I've been doing infographics. So stay tuned for those. If you see them, just share them and share Judy's. Uh, she inspired me to start doing the infographics. So. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have notes on um, our conversation. So like your medication, the I think there was a few things we talked about and also your grass fed list. I'll, I'll put it in the, uh, the, you know, the show notes or whatever. So I'll gonna, do that. So you're gonna put this on YouTube? Um, yeah, so I'll add it to YouTube and then I'll, um, I'll have to figure out the technology stuff. I'll ask you. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, I finally uh, bought an Instapot because of you. All your stories and oh my goodness. Uh, how you use your Instapot and how all your meat becomes so tender. I've always been anti all these like different like contraptions. And so I've only had an air fryer. And so I finally bit the bullet. And so we, uh, we got an Instapot. So I don't, I haven't used it yet, but I'm. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.